Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Ten minutes past six on the clock. I am joined today by Kenneth Liu. He is the CEO of Seedly. And Harris Malloy, independent financial advisor. He is one of Seedly's top ten contributors. He answers, he's answered over 800 questions on Seedly. So taking your question should be a piece of cake for him. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, 11 <laughs> Welcome, months guys. Now. 11 months. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while, while yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. We're thrilled to have Seedly back on the program. Thank you. Uh, we Thank do you the series having. with Seedly every week because we know that you crunch numbers all the time. So today you're going to help us with CPF hacks, yes. right? Yes. Wonderful. What are some common misconceptions people have about their CPF, do you think, Kenneth, that holds people back from making the most of their CPF dollars? So CPF is always the thing that I think most people are extremely extremely uh, concerned and also confused about. And I think when we start with misconceptions, most of the time, it really stems from the fact that CPF is only for retirement. So that's the biggest one. Um, But Factually, it's not only for retirement. You can actually use CPF for other uses such as your education, um, healthcare, housing as well. So then the second misconception is that you can only touch your CPF monies at age 55 or even 65. But like shared earlier, you know, you can actually use it for housing where you can actually use it for your houses. You can also use it for education, let's say to fund your kids' education. Uh, and that happens way before 55 years old. The third misconception is often that it's complicated. This is true, but <laughs> you have no choice, right? So yeah. you have to know what it is about. You have to learn about it and to get better at uh, understanding CPF. And the last one is that you only have to worry about it when you're old. But by the time you worry about it, um, likely you, it's a bit too late to start accumulating your CPF Absolutely. or to know exactly what you need to do with your um, CPF monies. Yeah, the biggest yeah. one there is money you can't touch. Mm. So people don't think about it mm. or they don't even think about the interest rates and how they can work yeah. that to grow their cash. Yes. Afis, what do you think are the major misconceptions? Well, I think that there's a lot of mistruths and half-truths. And, you know, recently I think we've seen quite a few on Facebook CPF had to come out and mm. like clarify some stuff. And all that is good. So like all the coffee shop talk that you hear, just better make sure that you clarify from the proper sources. You know, go to CPS website to at least get the proper definitions, the proper clauses and stuff like that. So I think the misconceptions come from people hearing a lot of different things and some of that may not be true. Mm. Okay. You know, so always get your official sources. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about actually moving your funds around. What do you think about moving funds from your OA to your SA? What are the main advantages and disadvantages there? Yeah, so... On this topic, it's also a very common like hack that people actually throw around to say, you know, move your OA to SA. Yeah. Over lunch, people talk about it. And I think the main reason here is all about interest rates. Right? Yeah. So when you look at OA, it's 2.5%. And you look at SA, it's 4% or even plus 1% on the first $60,000 worth of your amounts. And the idea here is that SA is for retirement. Whereas OA is more for things like education, housing uh, and healthcare as well. So when you actually move it to your SA, the cons, the biggest cons are that you can't actually touch it all the way to 55. Yep. I think that's the biggest one, but it compounds a lot faster. So compounding, eighth wonder of the world, how it works is that... We love compounding here. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's all about growing it year on year yeah. per annum growth, right? So, but it's a one-way transfer. It's a one-way Correct. transfer. That's the biggest one. 
Mm. And I mean, I'll, I'll be the bad guy here. Mm. I mean, it's a great thing to get like, a, you know, 4% guaranteed. But if you really look at it, you're only moving from 25 to 4%, not 0 to 4%. Right, so it's only additional one point five percent per annum. Only, I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's definitely very good. It is. It's wonderful. Then you lose out on a lot of flexibility, such as paying for your, your house, mortgage, your mortgage, and stuff yeah. like that. So if let's say you are twenty five, like I am, mm. you know, if I'm thinking of moving from OA to SA, that's money I can't touch for the next thirty years, and we still don't know, you know, if things might change in the future. Yeah. So it's definitely a good thing, and if you you definitely should consider it, but there are pros and cons. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, I wonder if you have a real life example yeah, to share. Yeah, I, I can share from my own example. Ah, okay. So, I'm actually getting married next year. Congratulations! So, awesome. I've got my BTO, but sadly, no grants, no additional grants. <laughs> you missed it! Yes, I missed the boat. <laughs> and I was quite angry reading it, but we'll save that for another another session. But the whole idea here is that I know that I have to have enough OA together with my fiancé to actually pay for our home mortgage. So, I've decided to take that approach rather than paying cash, but later we can go into that as well. And the reason is because we don't want to move it to essay because there's immediate use for my OA mm-hmm. um, that that I have right now which is housing so, that's so you're going to use your OA for your housing exactly you do exactly. know that when you sell your house you need to pay, pay yourself back, back yes. with and interest with interest yes right? because ultimately it's for retirement and yeah. things yeah so you factor that in Exactly, yeah. But I get to I, use it immediately again. You know, mm-hmm. if you sell your house to buy another house immediately. Yeah. Upgrading, right? Yeah, yeah, you're just going to use that money again. So it's not really that big of an issue. I well, mean, if you are able to get your price met. Correct. Mm-hmm. If not, you're going to end up paying yourself out of your own pocket. Yeah. It's true, yeah. Right. Well, you're getting married. That's wonderful. Thank Congratulations, you. That's Kenneth. Whole can of worms there that we can, <laughs> we can talk about a later. More day. of expenses. <laughs> it's a whole show there. Okay, let's move on. CPF Hacks. And by the way, if you have any questions for these guys, we'll take your calls at 669-11-893 if you use the phone the old-fashioned way to actually talk. <laughs> if you want to WhatsApp, you can as well at 9717-8893. Oh, really? Can. Okay, WhatsApp. Oh, that's pretty WhatsApp. cool. Yeah. Yes. Joining me today, Kenneth Liu, CEO of Seedly and one of Seedly's top 10 contributors, Harris Malloy. He's at genius level, (laughs) independent financial advisor. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you think are the main advantages of paying your mortgage in cash. Well, I think we've covered that a little bit. So Mm -hmm. we're going to move on to that voluntary cash top up using CPF voluntary contribution scheme to top up your CPF account. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this is one of the ways you can really maximize your CPF. Yeah, so I think this is also another very common thing that is being spoke about in our community as well. The biggest thing here is really about contributing that $7,000 for your own CPF SA top-up or additional $7,000 for your family member. It could be your parents or your parents' uh, parents-in-law. And the whole idea here is uh, mainly tax savings. So you actually get to reduce your taxable income. And the underlying thing here is that you get a higher interest rate on your SA vis-a-vis if you have liquid cash sitting in the bank. But again, it depends on your life stage because mm-hmm. if you are someone who is young and you need cash for other reasons that is immediate, like a wedding, for example, <laughs> or potentially a honeymoon. I think Kenneth's all his sense. money is like wedding, honeymoon, <laughs> nothing else. Really. It's, it's all about cash flow, right? So do you want to lock it up for so long or do you want to sort of plan it out clearer? Because I know the people who do this are usually single uh, and they plan to be single for a while. So mm-hmm. they any, any amount they save, they'll just pump it back into the essay. So there's oh. this guy in the community. Oh. I won't disclose his name. Okay, Mid-30s as well. Yeah. Okay, no, not as well. We are, we are younger. <laughs> be younger, please. But <laughs> he's single and he's been topping up his essay and, and he's also he's reached his FRS. 
mm-hmm. just by being a working adult. Um, so he receives a regular salary with CPF contributions from his employer, plus just maxing up and just topping up his, his uh, essay. And he's been growing all the way since he started working. Mm-hmm. So that's a extreme example yeah. of how topping up your SA using cash as well as your OA so you just keep funding the SA account very deliberately though very mm-hmm. deliberate yeah. yeah Hafiz you want to add to that? I think that you know topping up your SA one big reason why people are so afraid to do it because like it's one thing to like oh yeah it's available you know I can do this and that but actually going to the AXS machine and like mm. really you know Moving click yeah, exactly doing <laughs> that is that they feel that you know so what's going to happen next mm-hmm. you know so I think that the biggest thing here is that if you if you do uh, like for example the, the guy in his 30s right mm. so he has maxed out uh, his special account to the full retirement sum right so that for this year that is 176,000 mm-hmm. right so another thing is that FRS increases every single year so far we've seen that you know but the interest you get from your SA will just keep increasing more than the amount that FRS is increasing if you catch me right and that means at the age of 50 when he turns 55 and rules don't change you know you can withdraw a lot of that out so it's not money that you won't see and it's not money that will only turn into CPF life the annuity that we get at mm-hmm. 65 but if for example you are 55 today and you have like a million dollars in OA and SA you can take out like 800 plus thousand dollars you know that's available so it's not like uh, I won't see that I'm only going to get it slowly back so the fear of doing it you mm-hmm. know because they don't know what's going to happen next, at least try to find out what's going to happen next. And I'm telling you, do it because it, the money's not really going to be locked up forever. Listen, Hafiz is to telling you, okay? Yeah. So do oh, it. Do it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. Always think through your own financial of decisions. Of Disclaimer yeah. there. Here's a question from a listener. When is the best time or situation for me and my parents to transfer OA to my parents because I want to help them retire better and I want to enroll them into CPF life? So when would the best okay timing wise what do you need mm-hmm. to think about Kenneth? I guess the idea here me and my brother we are planning to do it for our parents and I think it's about tax saving as well because yeah. you can actually get the additional $7,000 worth of deduction from your taxable income mm-hmm. and the other thing is also to ask how much your parents have in their account whether they've actually hit their FRS already or not because yeah. I think the first step is to understand what their current situation on FRS is because if I remember correctly if you actually top up more than the FRS you actually yeah. can't get the additional taxable Correct. income on that amount. Yeah. yeah. I think also to note what age your parents are because mm. there are actually like three groups the people who are on the RSS scheme, the retirement sum scheme, mm-hmm. right? I can't remember exactly what year you had to be born before. Mm. And then the people in between RSS and CPF life, and then the people that are only on CPF life right now, mm-hmm. right? So if like, for example, I think if your, if your parents are in the 70s, most mm-hmm. likely they will be on the retirement sum scheme. And I don't think there's an option for you to get onto CPF life, mm-hmm. you know? But if let's say your parents are way before and like CPF life is still available and coming in the future, and you see that there's not enough money in the, you know, in the OA and SA, definitely you can, you know, top that up. It's not really a problem. It's a good thing, actually. He's Harris Malloy, a dependent financial advisor, joined by Kenneth Liu, CEO of Seedly. Thanks for your question, listener, and keep them coming through as well. Again, you can call us 669-11893 or you can WhatsApp me at 9717-8893. We're talking about CPF hacks today. Mm-hmm. How can you make your money work harder for you? Uh, here's a question, guys. If you have extra money to save for retirement, is it smarter to put it in the CPF or invest in other ways like ETFs, bonds or annuities? Um, I'll start with this. Okay, so again, really depends on at what stage of your life. Mm. So for me, I'm self-employed. 
right? So I, you know, talk a big game about CPF, but myself, I don't have an employer paying me, you know, my CPF. I don't pay myself CPF as well. So mm-hmm. if you look at my OASA, it's like kosong lah, almost, mm-hmm. right? But I think that, again, so for me, I feel that because I don't have to put money in CPF, I have the option to do, you know, more investing in equities because I am young. I have the ability to take risks because my investment horizon is uh, much, much stronger, right? So it's, Again, fantastic that you have the guaranteed amounts from CPF giving you know giving you the guaranteed amounts every single year. You don't have to no headache about that. Uh, but if you are young, you know, and you have the resource of time, you can then hopefully try to get you know a better return than two point five or four percent. And I feel that if you are really choosing between the two and mm. you have the risk appetite and the investment horizon, mm. it might be a little better to then invest your money. Okay. You lose out on guaranteed, but variable can be a lot higher. Yeah. So I actually have also. Another perspective to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, first of all, it really depends on your life stage and how old you are. Second thing is that a lot of people actually view CPF as the bond portfolio um, in their overall portfolio. So mm-hmm. you can think of it as a bond with a maturity at 55 years old. Yep. So it's predictable. It's, uh, it's backed by the government. You know, fingers crossed there. But the idea is that you can be a bit more risky with your other portion of your portfolio. So typical portfolio construction, one-on-one, right? So 60-40 split, or is it aggressive in terms of portfolio? Is it uh, moderately aggressive? Uh, again, depends on your life stage. Mm-hmm. But having that percentage in your bonds, which is in, the, in this case CPF, it helps a lot to think of it to be more risky with, with stocks or with ETFs or with uh, robo-advisors even. Great reframe there. Mm. Great reframe. Yeah. And um, next time I see you, Harris, I hope that the figure is not coarse. <laughs> I have to contribute myself. I yeah. know, so, I know. I'm going to yeah. check on it. <laughs> you bring the statement here. <laughs> Okay, here's another question for you both. What is the most advisable approach? Top up one's special account first Hmm. or top up one's Medisafe account first and why? Okay, I think Medisafe for sure. Because firstly, you can use your Medisafe before 55. You know, you have your integrated shield plan that you can pay with Mm. your Medisafe. Mm. And next year, you have Cash Your Life that is also payable by by Medisafe. And there'd be an option to, um, you know, get a private uh, Cash Your Life from the insurance company. Elder Shield has it right now. Mm. You know, no details out yet. But anyway, you can use your Medisafe first. It gets the same interest. Both of them grows at 4%, you know. And you can also pay for like pregnancy deliveries and stuff like that. So... Mm. They both earn the same interest and one gives you a little bit more flexibility. So Medisafe first. And once Medisafe is capped at the basic healthcare sum, any money that enters there goes straight to USA anyway. So it, it's kind of like almost the same thing with mm. more flexibility. So yeah. Medisafe first. You agree with that, yeah, Kenneth? totally. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Upon turning 55, the CPF savings from your special account and ordinary account up to the FRS is going to be swept into a retirement account for the retirement sum. What is your advice on topping up one's ERS before you turn 55 to maximize your payouts and your interest rates? And can you illustrate okay. your answer? Uh, I'm going to be a bit contrarian here, right? So you have the basic retirement sum, you have the full retirement sum, you have the enhanced retirement sum, okay? Uh, I feel that the enhanced retirement sum might not be the most useful because any interest that you pay to the ERS that goes into CPF Life, the interest goes to the CPF Life long fund, the pool, right? The interest doesn't really belong to you, okay? But if you only use FRS and leave the extra 88000 in your ONSA that earns an interest and that's paid to your account, right? So topping up ERS is good because you definitely get a higher amount. From 1,004, it goes up to maybe like $2,000 per month. But 
that extra money if you kept it in OANSA you get the interest instead of the interest going to the CPF lifelong fund actually another thing that I would instead advocate for mm. is actually to delay payouts from 65 to 70 and I know this is very sensitive right? very, <laughs> very, very how sensitive. much longer you want me to yeah. wait before I touch my cash but you get 7% increase every single year guaranteed and that at that age at 65 what are you going to do to get a guaranteed 7% increase every single year wow. on your payouts wow. so I rather you opt for that if you donate the money of course if you like you're starving CPF life is the only thing that you're looking for Go then of course spend. yeah, then take enjoy it enjoy your retirement take it at 65 <laughs> but if you can delay it delay it and you might actually be better also opting for the escalating plan which is new and not many people talk about that mm. because you get an increased 2% every single year of your payouts as well mm. you know? so these this would be I think the more maybe not smarter because again it really depends on your situation but all these extra percent here extra percent there really adds up what if you have a non-working spouse with a low CPF balance other than adding cash how, do you, how can you help your spouse with the CPF account benefit this is actually something that I talk a lot about Right, and like it's kind of like a pet project thing. Let me give you the statistics first. Okay, so women on average usually marry a guy two to four years older than them, right? Statistically, also men die four years younger than their wives. Right, so there could be a chance that my wife might outlive me for eight years. What is a high chance? <laughs> I can uh, tell you that. Yeah, exactly. I'm dumb. I might die early, yeah. right? I've seen I've seen many situations like this. So if let's yeah. say I am statistically average, I'm yeah. a male, and I die at 81, right? And my wife is four years younger than me. She's 77 at the time. Okay. But she might die at 85, right? That's eight years later, right? So the problem here is CPF life. There's no joint account. CPF Life is only tied to one member's account. That means if I'm the only one that has the CPF Life payout and my wife was a, you know, a housewife her entire life and she has no CPF Life at all, there could be eight years where there's no CPF Life payout. Because by the time I'm 81, if I die, the amount that is given back to the unused amount from CPF Life is, I think, almost zero. Right? And then there won't be an, a stream of income in the family. So if you have a housewife that's not working, doesn't have a lot of CPF, please do top up her account. Right? And same thing if you, I mean, not to be sexist here, if you are you know, the working wife and, and your husband has no money in his CPF, top it up as well. Because there's also a cap, by the way, that the non-working uh, or the amount that is lesser than the amount you can top up to is up to the basic retirement sum. So I'll give you an example. Let's say both husband and wife are 55 for reference sake. So both of them already have their retirement accounts set up. Husband has 200000 in RA. Wife has 50000 in RA. They are 55 this year. The husband can maximum move 38000 from his 200 k to the wife's 50 k capping hers at 88 k which is the basic retirement sum. She will then get $750 around there per month from 65 for the rest of her life. Wow. Right? So if you didn't do that, mm. a lot of the money from CPF Life is only tied to you. You know, and so she would might only get what four hundred, maybe five hundred dollars per month, and you might be dead eight years, and she, you know, and she's still alive. So if you really love your wife, top up her CPF account. Bottom line, there, <laughs> love that, love yeah. that. And by the way, Hafiz did all that, you know, rattling off those numbers without looking at his numbers anywhere, just came mm. straight off his head. Yeah. How, how does a twenty-year-old get so much interest and in, in awareness of CPF? That that it's okay. Hold, hold the thought. It's an Come obsession. back with another show. <laughs> 
Uh, two minutes left on the clock. We're talking CPF hacks and money. And we finally, I've been talking the whole morning uh, and some parents are very excited about how they can maximize their child's development account. Mm-hmm. Guys, any tips? Yes, it depends on how active you have been in uh, populating our country. But there is a dollar matching that you can do with CDA. I think the first two children is if you top up 3000 Government will top up 3000 For the third and fourth child, it's up to 9000 So it's free $9,000 each. If you're really very active, fifth child onwards, that's 15000 And I think if you had a child a few years ago, you most likely had a first step top up as well. I'm not exactly sure what the exact dates are, but definitely because of the dollar matching, it's free money. And you can use the money also. You know, you can pay for like doctor visits, I think also for like school and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. you so, can do that. Yeah, so actually we, uh, we had a team member who actually wrote in depth about the CDA. You can actually go online to check it out on our blog where we actually detailed the differences between the three banks, uh, DBS, UOB, OCBC and the different perks as well if you sign up for the different accounts. Okay, guys, I'm going to give you the last word. Mm. Kenneth Lu, CEO of Sealy, what do you want people to understand about CPF hacks and and making the most of their money? Yeah, so I I think I'll speak out to the millennials out there who may be listening or may be listening to this after is that CPF is important. It will form the bedrock of your finances and I think you need to think about how it will change over time as well because we actually had a chat with the CEO of CPF once on our show on Sydney TV and he actually shared that to people out there who are listening between 20 to 35, it will change and be ready for that change. So don't worry so much in the future. Just continue contributing and knowing that, that you know your CPF will be there for you when you actually need it. Yeah. So, But you need to be aware of what it is about. All right. Yeah. We're fresh out of time, guys. Thank you both Wonderful. so much for coming Thank by. You. Harris Malloy is an independent financial advisor. You can read more of his thoughts on the Seedley community page where he is one of the top 10 contributors. And Kenneth Liu is CEO of Seedley. He's getting married next year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We should talk more about that sometime. <laughs> we yeah. should talk about how much you'll spend. and uh, yeah, <laughs> spending. <laughs> Thank you both for coming Thank by, Thank you, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.